of a handshake. I got the greatest testimony, so I know I'd already mentioned, uh, I was actually supposed to speak um, yesterday at a funeral. On Friday here, I chipped a tooth on a wintergreen mint, those little evil mints. Problem was the chip, it was like a razor blade on the side of my tongue, and it was like in the afternoon that I found out that I, that I wouldn't be speaking on uh, yesterday, but on, on Monday. So um, I felt okay until the evening time. My tongue, you've ever had, my tongue was just raw. I, I was popping like this. And, you know, I actually went in our kitchen and I grabbed wooden coffee stirs and broke them off. Just started chewing on them, like trying to get this, you know, tooth smooth and just didn't do it. And so um, I didn't sleep. I was waking up every hour drooling on my pillow and then I thought I'd try to switch my pillow with Michelle, and she'd think it'd be like one of those cool pillows, but I couldn't get it over there. And then I got up in the morning, and it was, I, I mean, I couldn't talk. It was, it was bad. So I looked, and my dentist was open. And so I called, and at, at first they didn't have any appointments, but then they had like a 10 o'clock. Well, I got the service to go to at 11. So I thought, now I'm going to have to be in a suit. I'll just go. Well, then they called and had me come in early. So I go in, I'm kind of rushed. Well, I hadn't been in a while, so I got to fill out those eight forms, you know, of everything. I'm, you know, I'm kind of in pain here. Then they want to do x-rays. Then they want to go through. I don't know, sometimes, and I don't want to offend a good godly dentist that's here. They open my mouth, and I think they see, it's like going to the car dealership. All right, he needs a transmission tune-up and four tires brakes because I've been negligent in going, right? Haven't gone. So they look at the tooth, oh yeah, you chipped that bad, you're gonna probably need a you know, complete crown or something. I said, well, can you file it down? No, there's nothing we can do today. Nothing you can do today. I mean, can you like patch it? Or I found some stuff at CVS that you can do, right? You can like do something. Finally, they said, well, um, we can if you'll do a deep cleaning right now because then we can put it through insurance. So here I sit through a deep cleaning while my tongue is raw, and then they finally file down this tooth so that I can, like, talk, and I leave. So, anyways, but I was just going to endure Sunday, and you were going to have, right, have to have, like, sign language, and, but, anyways, God's good, and make it through. So, all of that to say, uh, this coming Saturday is our men's breakfast, October 1st, 8 o'clock at the San Gabriel Airport. Encourage all you guys coming out. We have a great time. Hopefully, the weather's cooler our last time, I think it was already 85 degrees at 8 a.m. Hopefully it'll be cooler. And then um, October 8th is our food ministry. They were actually off at a conference this weekend. The 7th is uh, if you'll come and want to help set up. And then the 8th is our uh, food ministry. And we'll send out um, an email this week to allow you to uh, not only mention it to people, but if you'd like to come and serve, we'd love that as well. All right, one verse today. In fact, it really kind of flows into Mark 4, which we've been talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. The Apostle Paul writes this. Now may he, this is talking about God, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He supplies the seed to the sower. What's interesting, out of that seed is bread for food, 
but that he would supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. As we do each week, we'll put up a prayer here. And if you would make this prayer individually and personable uh, for you today, let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I stand firm on the promises of God and I believe his promise that as I sow, God will water and multiply it according to his greatness and power. I believe that it is released over my life beginning today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're giving today in service, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place that in the offering slot on the wall as you exit by the sound booth. You go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. Also, if you have any prayer requests, praise reports, things that we can also pray with you, uh, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, we're back in Mark chapter... Wow, it got quiet. Four, right? Look at your neighbor and say four. Right? One, two, three. Mark chapter four. In fact, today our title is The Stony Ground Hearer. The Stony Ground Hearer. Jesus uh, starts this parable, this story, and he gives them... um, really a a story about a biblical truth, but then he's going to explain it. And I'm going to pick this up in verse 10, Mark chapter four, verse 10. Now, this is a large crowd. Jesus has sat in the boat. They pushed him back out of the boat. He's speaking to this large audience. But now it mentions that there's the disciples and others or others and the disciples. The scripture mentioned. So it's a smaller group. And here's what he says. Verse 10. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And verse 14 is the key of this because the sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear Satan comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. 
Father, we pray today as we look at the stony ground. Father, that we might identify places in our life, others that we've been praying for. Lord, to be able to stand against tribulation and persecution even in our days. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, you know, I was thinking about this as I was watering uh, Michelle's little fig tree. The leaves are beautiful, and there was one dried up, shriveled fig that I did not want to eat. We look at leaves sometimes as the health of the tree. What we read in the Bible, what Jesus looks at in our life is are we bearing fruit? My leaf like might look beautiful today. But am I bearing fruit? In fact, fruit really is that proof of my salvation and my surrender and my growth in him that I am bearing fruit. So Jesus introduces us to four soils. In fact, I thought about this. I think many times as pastors or in church, we've done an injustice to new believers. And it made me think about this. We always share Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, right? So we always introduce that. But you know what we need to do right after that is we need to take them through Mark chapter 4. Because there's going to be four different soils of the heart. Right after that, we need to take them through. We just went to Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5 through 7 where Jesus raises the standards because I think sometimes people think they accepted the Lord. They're going to walk out the doors. Their body's going to be healed. They're going to get a phone call because they're a Christian. They're going to get a promotion. All of a sudden, their kids instantly love them, praise them, and everything is just great. If any of you ever felt like that sometimes? What? And, and you forget sometimes when we read some of these scriptures that we don't like tribulation, do we? We don't like persecution we don't like struggle we don't like any of that we want to we think sometimes it's easy street but here's what jesus said it's not only life that i'm going to give you but it's that much more abundantly right it's the abundant life it's the way to go we'll look at that uh today so we always remember that seed of the word of god and jesus's words in, in mark chapter 1 verse 15 when he says the time is fulfilled the kingdom of God is at hand, and he uses those words, repent and believe the gospel, right? Believe the gospel. So it's interesting in the story that all heard. They all heard the same thing. Yet the group that heard the parable shifted and left, but the group that stayed got to hear the mystery of the soils of the heart. In fact, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, uh, David writes this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Search me, try me, know my heart. In fact, we, I always try to get this story right because my brother and I always get in an argument about this. I thought the story went when he bought his house in Chino, he says it was a neighbor. 
Um, they planted all of these new bushes in all the planters. They all died. They tore out the plants. They planted new ones. They all died. So they decided to go get a soil sample. They took a soil sample. They went to the home improvement store, and it came back that it was full of cow urine. So that's why I said, you could dig down and probably smell the ground. Pretty could have figured that one out, right? You didn't need to pay money. So they had to dig the planter completely out and start with new what? Soil. Once the new soil was in, the plants would begin to grow. Well, out in that area being dairy farms, that's what happened to the soil. And so Jesus is going to refer to the soil, the soil of our hearts, right? That's, that's the soil where the seed of God's word starts. So we pick up the stony ground. Let me read again uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 16 through 17. And so Jesus is now going to describe the stony ground. And he says this. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Listen to the New Living Translation out of that. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. You know, when I went back into this, um, here's a clarification of something that I learned. This isn't ground or soil with rocks in it. We've all had that. We've all dug up an area and there's rocks. No, this is rocky ground that has some soil on top of it. And so when the seed now hits this rocky ground and lands on the soil, there's not much depth. And so when the sun does come out and warms that seed and that seed begins to grow and the root goes down, it really can't go that far. In fact, it's going to hit rocks. And when the sun gets hot, it gets scorched and it doesn't grow. It's not stones in the ground, it's stony ground. I used this example a couple weeks ago of a home in our area that they did kind of a complete flip and have it back on the market. One day leaving, they were digging up the yard. One day when I came home, it's a beautiful green grass, all planted green, green, green. But you and I know that you go ahead and walk on that grass or you can lift it up because the roots haven't gotten deep. And so Jesus is giving us a picture of somebody so excited of what they heard. Yet there's no depth, and the minute tribulation or something happens, they walk away, or they walk away sad. So it's interesting, this ground that we don't read about is directly attacked by Satan like the first ground, but the challenge is tribulation and persecution. So I wanted to bring up the word persecution, or the word tribulation first. The word tribulation, really that word that we read in the Greek is the word pressure or pressing together. I want to read a couple scriptures to kind of go with this when we think of tribulation. John 16, 33. 
These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Right? Jesus saying, I spoke these words to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have, say it with me, tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Is that not a raising of standards? In me you're going to have peace. But in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Can we say it this way? In this world, you're going to have pressure. There's going to be a pressing together. But I want you to be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. You know, I think of David in the Old Testament. That guy was under so much pressure and tribulation. King can't stand him. He doesn't like the way he played guitar. So he threw a spear at him. Right? Didn't like that, Pete. I'm going to throw a spear at you. You sing that song again. I mean, we'll see you next week, though. Really glad to have you, right? I mean, the king's trying to kill him. He's, I mean, he's under this great pressure, but out of that pressure comes the things, the psalms that we read today, the closeness that he has with God. Now, you and I have Jesus that lets us know that he's left his peace with us. We go through those pressure times but we're to remember that as he overcame them, we're to remember that he's an overcomer. In fact, Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing steadfastly in prayer. Patient in tribulation? Shouldn't they just take that little bit out? No. Patient in tribulation, Jesus has overcome it, but I'm to be what? continually steadfast in prayer. Persecution, which um, some of us have experienced persecution of being a believer. Some of us have not. We're noticing even in our day in our country of persecution taking place uh, amongst Christians. And persecution, you know what the Greek word for persecution is? Persecution. <laughs> That's like as simple as it can be. Listen to a couple of these verses. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, we read several weeks ago. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Nobody likes persecution. Jesus says, blessed are those that are persecuted. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. In fact, one of the other ones that is completely persecuted was the Apostle Paul, and he uses this example. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's crazy, right, to say those things? I mean, I take pleasure in infirmity, reproaches, and needs, in persecutions, for Christ's sake. He wasn't focused on himself. He was focused on what he was doing for the gospel. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. Persecution, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, in Iaconum, in Lystra, what persecutions I endured, out of all of them the Lord delivered me. He doesn't really go into detail of all the things that he went through, but here's what he says at the end. The Lord delivered me. 
It's interesting when we read about the stony ground, it's the person that gives up quickly with tribulation or persecution. They just, they give up. Yet, I always get that picture in Acts 7 and 8, the very first martyr is Stephen in the Bible, who Stephen was serving at the distribution. He'd be like serving at the food ministry. He's the first one that they get and they throw down and they stone him to death. And the Apostle Paul is standing right there. He's holding his clothes. In fact, chapter uh, 8 goes on that um, he was consenting to the death of Stephen. Now, if that didn't shake everybody up at that moment that somebody, a Christian, was now killed early on in the church, you would have thought that shut it down. It'd be like us dragging out Scott Wilcox right after church and we're going to stone him right out front of the Hills Church. Right? We're going to leave him outside. He's dead. Hey, we'll see you next week, 10 o'clock, everybody, all right? Yeah, you'd be thinking, who do we call? Like, this is, this is crazy. I'm never coming back. Well, we read, what does the Bible say? The church increased and grew. It was that persecution, not on Stephen, but it was focused on Jesus. So we look at that. When things become difficult, people give up. It really shows that the soil of that plant or that plant, that seed, it was weak. It had shallow roots. And it's really an emotional reaction without a foundation that has been based on God's word. And it becomes a responsibility of all of us to know that we're encouraging people to read the Bible, read the word of God, encourage them. If you see somebody going another way, do something, right? Come to them, help them out, teach them. We've probably all been there. You ever got in trouble and you're like, you know what, I'm not doing this thing anymore. This is crazy. We follow the Lord. I wanted to bring up... Um, Another word here, everybody's, all of us have heard that word grace, that we've been given, given grace. In fact, that terminology is the word undeserved favor. And it was representative of what God did with his son Jesus to take our place. We didn't deserve it, but it was grace that was extended to us. And I read this verse again this week, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. This is the Apostle Paul again. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Well, we already heard Apostle Paul talk about that. He talked about when I'm weak, I'm strong. This is Jesus' words. Then read to, to the Apostle Paul, my grace the favor that was extended to you, and now that word of God that's been deposited to you, that grace is sufficient for you. For my, Jesus is saying, my strength is made perfect in weakness. The hardest days that you're going through or, or have gone through, the hardest things, the challenges that you're up against where you might feel completely weak, Jesus is saying, be strong, right? Be strong. Ron, going through throat cancer, comes out of that, giving testimony. If you haven't ever heard his testimony, sit and talk with him. Uh, the testimony of that. When he was weak, he was strong, right? In that weakness part. So it's interesting, that verse goes on. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of 
Christ may rest upon you. Hey, it may not be encouraging to come to church today and hear you're going to go through tribulation and persecution, right? Well, I really needed to hear that today. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. But we see those things. Grace was extended to me and the power to live out this Christian life was deposited in me. Right? It was deposited in you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted. Everybody say rooted, right? Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Rooted and built up with him. Interesting in some of the words of Jesus where he talks about that we would have to bear the cross to follow him. In some of the words of Jesus where he talks about we've got to lay this foundation, we've got to count the cost. It's interesting that there would be those that would, on the what we refer to as Palm Sunday, that would worship him with hosannas. But possibly the same people at the end of the week would cry out, crucify him. That's the stony ground Harry's, right? The stony ground caught up with the crowd. Haven't pressed in to what the Lord would say. So when we read these verses and we look at these soils, it's always great that the word of God is always so blunt in our lives because Jesus wants us to grow. If you feel like that, you know, that's me today. I'm the one, like I'm the spiritual cheerleader. Wow, I needed to hear that. But I get a phone call three hours later and I I sink down. Well, you know what? It's been identified for you to dig into those scriptures that God has said. Go back and read about what the Apostle Paul went through. Read Jesus' word. In fact, let's read it one more time. We'll read it all together. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9. Let's all read this together. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Don't allow those times where you feel like you're all alone or all the week to discourage you. Allow the strength that's on the inside of you to come up. Interesting, I remember, I think it was fifth grade that um, I got fitted for glasses. The glasses back then were not cool. I mean, they were huge, right? Big, and you know know when you show up to school in fifth grade and you pop those things on in class, what's going to happen? What's everybody going to do? You look so good. Man, you look good. I like those. Where did you get those? I want to get some. No, what do they say? Boris, right? Look how big those things are. Can you look at the moon at night? And you know what immediately, you know, you know, immediately you do? I remember taking them off. Never wore them again. Because I went off what, of what others said, right? Some type of external what persecuting me for wearing glasses because I need them. And that's typically what can happen in the stony heart life is when something comes along, immediately there's a stumble. But Jesus is saying in that weakest moment, know this, that's when I'm strong, right? That's when I'm strong. That's when you're never alone. That's when he's always leading and guiding you. Bow your heads if you would with me. Father, we say it, we sing it, that our hearts are yours. 
Lord, for many of us, we've, we've sat, listened to messages, we've read our, our Bibles, we've allowed words to get in our heart, but when we confronted with trouble and pressure and persecution, sometimes we do exactly what those scriptures say. Sometimes we stumble. So we come back to you today as a new day. And we identify those things in our life. What area of this pressure and tribulation needs to be my focus of study? What area of persecution needs to be my, my focus of study? What verses do I need to go over and over again so that when pressure hits, when I get that call or when something is said, that I respond like we read today from what Jesus says and what Paul says? Lord, we humble our hearts before you. We listen to the voice of your Holy Spirit today. Lord, we're never alone. You've extended grace, but now we press into your word to know how to do this, to listen to what you say. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen, amen. Stand with me if you will. We're going to close with.